The uh, show is being recorded, and here we go again. <clears throat> here we go You're again. Well rested. Well rested. Mm-hmm. Good. Why don't you begin, Dan? Why don't you start? Why don't you start the ball rolling? <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you get us going? No, no, just intro thing. No, just what's on your mind? Well, give we, us well, some thoughts. You know, uh, just a bunch of days off, and now you're, uh, are you all excited about doing the show again? Well, why don't you talk to your friend there, Banana Joe? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you talk to, talk why don't you talk to, to the Banana Man? The Banana talk to Man. Me. He leaves the lake yesterday. Yeah, then, just turn your mic down 4%, please. He's, uh, he leaves the lake, <clears throat> I don't know, at 6 in the morning to get to his golf game, and, um, then texts me and, and is worried about he left a banana on his table in his trailer. Banana so, man. Yeah. yeah. He texted me twice. He talked about it this morning, whether or not he's very worried about his bananas attracting fruit flies. But I can't So you him. just left a random banana out on your table there in the in the palace? Yeah, a banana and a half, but the half was wrapped in saran wrap. And I know you can leave a banana and a half banana on the table all week while you're there and probably not get fruit flies, but I have this phobia. When you I'm have a banana phobia? Horrible, thing, horrible things are going to happen for some reason. So I thought just to be on the safe side, send Dan in and uh, he could have the banana. He knows where I can, uh, my spare keys are. And mm-hmm. he had himself a nice banana for breakfast. I don't have to worry about the fruit flies. You know? Was this Dan in your trailer? <laughs> Dan walks in the trailer, starts singing Deo. Right. The late, great Harold Belafonte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I did. I started dancing around his trailer I can see in that. all the rooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can just see Dan. Because all Dan takes so much crap from, from both of us, but I don't get to see Dan anymore because he doesn't live here. I bet you I just have this idea Dan was like, I'll go over to your place, Patterson. And then you know, he takes his wiener and just starts rubbing it on stuff. Tell him me. Well that just you just assume that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's just an assumption that Dan just gets back at you by rubbing his hairy wiener all over your place. Dancing mm. with my hands above my head. That's right. Flailing about, yeah. But more importantly, do you think I was overthinking that? Who are you talking to Howard here? About either one of you. Uh, well, if, no, I don't think so. Just, I mean, the... My the, wife hates fruit flies. <laughs> I mean, uh, 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 how, when's the next time you're going back up there? In a couple of days? Well, I wasn't sure. This was oh. part of the equation, Howard. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would go there maybe, and it'd be like a black banana with fruit flies all over it. I didn't want to take that chance, Howie. What are you, a racist? <laughs> um, oh, aren't we all? Isn't it strange how these things come up? Because I have uh, a whole bunch of new bananas, and I have one semi-black, soon-to-be useless banana. And I thought to myself the other day, I thought, what do people who don't make banana bread do with an old banana? Because everyone does this, I think a lot of people do it, is they take their old bananas and they put them in the freezer for a day in the future where they think they're going to make banana bread. Well, Doll actually does. Doll does. Doll does. Doll does. And muffins. Muffins and bread. 
breads and muffins. <laughs> but Dan, you know, we had, when you were a roomie here, we had some bananas in there for months. No one in this house makes banana bread. No, but it's uh, what, what Lisa does is uh, chops the banana in half before freezing and then just puts it into a container when to be used of water for maybe 30 seconds or so so you can peel it and then uses it in a oh, lovely shake. Oh, I in, see. In well, yeah, br- brings it out and then reanimates it. No, that makes sense. Reanimates, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's a group. By the way, great answer because I can do that. I can take a banana, freeze it, and then reanimate it for my smoothies. Okay, I got it. Yeah, there Good. you go. Whether or not you like a banana in that state, though. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the black banana because the... Uh, mm, prejudice. The, uh, it's all mushy. And uh, it's, right. it gets sweeter over time in a weird way. And it has an aftertaste. I don't like it. The texture. Oh. Yes. Fair enough. Delise Fair has, point. Delise, Delise has a point for a banana where she won't eat it. Mine's a, I, I have a little more tolerance because I don't like to see them go to waste. Having said that, you know, the banana, we owe a lot to the banana. Yes, we it's do. Still, well, it's still, it's a delicious, nutritious fruit that costs almost, almost nothing. You know, I mean, bananas are still like a big bunch of bananas. It's like, costs nothing. You know, and they're tasty, and kids like them, and you can add them to so many things. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think this adds to the waste of the banana as, as well. If it turns black or it's overripe, people don't think twice about tossing it because originally it didn't cost that much money. Your yeah. thoughts? Well, I was going to say, that's uh, <laughs> that's your favorite thing about it. I mean, it it, it can taste, it can taste like, it can, ta- it can taste like fucking dry boogers, but if it didn't cost so much, you'd be like, no, the banana's pretty good, kids love them, yeah, fuck it. I'm making a great point. Oh, no, you were. have to reduce it to that. No, it was a great point. We should start the show while I uh, open up. I just realized banana. this. Banana. Banana. Remember Phil? Remember Phil and his banana? Aw, oh, Phil. Uh... Dan, what did you do to Phil? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to Phil? I have Phil? no idea. Apparently, I did something because uh, he broke up with me. Um, I had to reboot my computer, Dan. For I don't know why. It just shut down. So I'm getting things back in order. I finally got this. This took me a couple minutes. So without further ado and delay... This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our Brampton facility with a pool, and from Lisa's house in Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto, helping you improve posture and relaxation and decrease your stress. And now here are two men who quit smoking years ago, but have picked up secondhand smoking because everyone's doing it. Breathing in fresh smoked air, it's Humble and Fred. Well, that's why I was looking for uh, this this Wang Chung song. Uh, it's from a movie called To Live and Die in L.A. And anyone that is our age that remembers this movie... Remembers that, you know, part of the cinematic whatever of it was this. How'd you like that mix, Dan Duran? Huh? That's a good mix. You didn't even know <laughs> for no mouse. 
anyone, anyone who remembers this movie, the, the entire sort of opening sequence is this hazy sort of sun in the sky, but orange haze over the city of L.A. And uh, the last couple of days to a week here have been very similar to that. What band is this again? Wang Chung. Oh, that's right. When Dan Darren worked at um, CFY, remember his nickname? Uh, no. Wang Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be in the documentary too. <laughs> yeah. Now you know why Dan rubbed his dink all over your trailer because you just <laughs> never leave him alone. Leave him alone, man. God damn it. Uh, this reminds me, the air is not quite like it was when I lived in Los Angeles, and it's nowhere near what it's like in Mexico City. But the air quality, well, there's two aspects of it. I want to get your take on this, both of you. The second thing first, I have noticed. This is the worst year for me for allergies in a long time. You know, I'm talking about sneezing and mm-hmm. scratchy eyes. I haven't had it for years. I don't know if you guys or people around you are suffering, but I there is definitely something in the pollen count or whatever. And then, of course, we've got all this haze around. Now, how, what's it like where you guys are? Well, up north on... Was it sad? I guess maybe Sunday was the worst. It was crazy because it was supposed to be sunny. You know, mm-hmm. you look at the forecast, it's sunny, and it was just this weird-looking overcast. And I said to Dan, I said, you know, this isn't cloud. This is this is literally smoke. And then we were looking at the different angles of the sun coming through the smoke and hitting different objects and stuff, and it was, like, completely different. Just weird, 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 man. And there was a coolness to the air there shouldn't mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been either. Yeah, um, it was almost like the haze was kind of doing something to the heat. Yeah, it was disturbing, really. It was disturbing. Could, you know, my sense of smell is exceptional. And I could smell it in the air, honestly. Because I kept saying to Dan, can you smell it? Can you smell it? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, uh-huh. I couldn't. I couldn't at first, but if you if I went inside for a while and then came back out, and then, oh, there it is. I get it. My son's having more allergies than normal this year, and yeah. uh, I was just talking to him yesterday. He said the smoke is unbelievable there. There's uh, there's uh, air quality warnings. There's smoke warnings in in uh, Montreal right now. Oh sure, well they're <clears throat> there's statements they're around us, but warnings is the next level up. Well, they're close to the epicenter, the Quebec ones, and then northeast Ontario. And it just so happened it was weird too, Howard, because up north, referencing uh, the Tin Palace mm-hmm. locale. Usually, you know, 99% of the time, 99, yeah, 99% of the time, I'd say the wind is coming from the west. Well, it was weird because on Sunday it was coming from the east. And whenever the wind comes from the east, when we're up there, it usually means bad, unsettled weather. But there it was, my flags blowing east to west, and then all the smoke's coming in. And, uh, yeah, and and I'm reading this morning. They say this. It's the earliest ever. It's going to be the worst year ever. And uh, I don't know. Well, earliest year. Well, worst year ever for what? Forest fires and smoke. Quebec is dealing. Canada. Quebec is dealing. Yes. uh, I'm sorry. I'm back now. Quebec is dealing with more than 150 wildfires. Environment Canada, as Dan said, has issued. I don't remember this. Widespread smog warnings. Now, I know people in the West that listen to our show, 
you know, Victoria, Alberta. I went, cause I, you know, we've had this conversation. I was out in Victoria in 2017, 20, whenever it was, 2018, I should say. And it was just insane. Well, now we're getting it. A high concentration of fine particulate matter from forest fires in Quebec will result in poor air quality in many areas. And uh, as you say, Freddie, or maybe you said it before the show started. Yeah, there's no uh, climate change. This has nothing to do with the climate. Well, yeah. Like, how can there not be? Like, all this stuff just keeps piling up. And uh, there's got to be some explanation for it. Montreal's public health department says exposure to smoke includes symptoms such as itchy eyes. Maybe this is why I'm feeling some or people with allergies are feeling it. Sore throat, headaches and a mild cough. Recommend staying indoors, closing the windows, turning off the air exchangers and avoiding outside physical activity during periods of smog. Isn't and isn't that great at this time of the year to be have to stay inside? <laughs> Dad, I was. This is the dawn of a dystopian future. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I was at that golf tournament yesterday, and we were sitting around the table, and there was a few guys there, a couple I didn't know, and uh, the smoke came up, and then global warming came up. That it was obvious and one guy says well i don't know he said i have a theory on that and i changed the subject completely quickly because i didn't want to hear it you know what i mean <laughs> i just didn't i didn't want to hear it because you I just know that, his theory would be the truckers uh, the truckers I, I convoy i don't know yeah but i, I just you know for that because i thought i'll sit here and i'll you know I don't know what I was going Maybe it wasn't going to be something odd, but I just thought, ah, I don't want to hear that. Because if it's something goofy, then I don't want to engage. I just don't. Because to me, there's no question, you know? Well, how can there be? Dan, yeah. uh, you're, uh, you're, one of the, when Dan you're one of the Suzuki youth. Uh, when you were younger, <laughs> you were in the Suzuki yeah. uh, squad. I'm sorry. That's right, yeah. The Suzuki squad. Right. As, With uh, my uh, little microscope and... Uh, sure. And uh, magnifying glass, and you know we've had dark. this we've had this conversation. <clears throat> I mean, now it's undeniable because the three of us are a hundred and almost two hundred years old, or two ten, whatever it is. This was not the way it was when we were kids. These fires weren't happening. It wasn't like I've lived in Toronto for thirty three years. I've never seen this kind of overcast haze. None of us have. So, Dan, address this. What are we to do? I don't know what we're going to do. I know there's all kinds of signs about it. There was a, an article I read that uh, had the the forest fire season in general in Canada has, starts around the same time as it, it always has. It's okay. just that it's lasting longer. Now, this, this fire season is, is a, a bit of an anomaly, but you can't use one year as a, a trend, right? But, it, but they just, they've been trending. These forest fires have been trending way, way longer than they ever used to be. And the amount of smoke is really contributing to, to the, you know, the amount of carbon in the air as well. You can't discount that. And it turns and turns, right? Mm-hmm. It continues to, to be, make matters worse. There, the number of lightning strikes goes up in this kind of environment, and it creates more forest fires. So. But you say, you know, you can't use one date or one incident, however you put it. But see, that's what the deniers do, because that, that's the problem. If you look back over the past 60, 70 years, 75 years, yeah, there have been big forest fires. And we have had incidents where smoke has infiltrated 
the city. Toronto, I'm talking about. But then it doesn't happen again for years and years. The problem now is this stuff's happening all the time now. You know what I mean? The hurricanes, the tornadoes, with way more frequency. And for some reason, the deniers don't want to admit that. But it just is. You know? It is interesting that people... And earlier... Yeah, I'm not, yeah, you're right. There's always been forest fires, and being from out west, there's you know acres and acres of land burning every year. I'm sorry, hectares. It's interesting that the deniers or climate change deniers tend to be not always, but can be very you know somewhat religious. It's interesting that they won't. <laughs> it's interesting that they'll believe in some fairy tale book. <laughs> And uh, the fact that, you know, all of this is happening because of the trans people or whatever their theory is. Right. But they won't believe the actual human beings that can prove, you know, empirically or whatever that's. What's the science word, Dan? Mm -hmm. It's empirical. (laughs) Okay. Empirical data. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, They won't believe that. All those truckers, they want to use Bud Light to put out the fires. There's a good use for them. Use their Bud Light to put out the fire. Hey, speaking of Bud Light, I was talking to Lumby on uh, Sunday. And Lumby's coming back to our show sometime soon. Is this right? He said the number that... Not to hijack the subject, but... He said the number that Bud Light has lost is in the billions... He said yeah, nineteen. He said nineteen billion. I I can't believe that. I did there. That that would be the more than the valuation of their company. I don't know. I'm just reading stories the last couple of days about you know the marketing company that came up, up with this idea now is running for cover and trying to recover. And I'm thinking, you know, how sad is that? Yeah, they're not to blame. All the more moron fucking pea brains. They're the ones to blame that's put Bud Light in this position. Well, this was what I said to Lumby. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's, according to the Googly, according to Mr. Google, uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev has seen a stock price decline of roughly 20%. So I don't know what that is in actual money, but that's what I said to Jeff. I said, but how, isn't that ridiculous? Mm-hmm. That because of one little... Mm-hmm. One can partnership with mm-hmm. someone that no one had ever heard of that wasn't harming anybody, mm-hmm. Dylan Mulvaney. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said to Jeff. I said, you know, well, we talked about this, you and I. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't Bud Light put our... They, they, they did a limited run of cans. It was a little... We had a mm-hmm. some beer company put us in some, uh, in some promotional cases or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what I said to Jeff. I said, you imagine how dumb. I said, this is one of the stupidest. This is how I put it. One of the stupidest things I've seen in my lifetime. This reaction to a beer because of a transgender activist or whatever they are. One of the stupidest things I've ever seen. I said, I thought that guy blowing up the disco records in the late 70s was dumb. But that was almost a goofy novel. It was a bit. Genre thing. You know what I mean? It's like, this is completely different i know it's just sickening and you know it's going to take a while to recover because every redneck yahoo now that would normally have reached for bud light will probably think twice now how long will it be before that person whose bud light was their favorite beer and it was the favorite beer of millions how long will it take for that guy to reach for it again Jeff was, by the way, Jeff, sorry, Freddie, I just looked yeah. up here in, in, in dollars. Jeff was close. $15.7 billion in sales. 
$15.7 billion. In sales. No, I think that's a stock. Uh, the stock price went the, down. Well, I'm sorry. You're right. Not sorry. You're right, Dan. Uh, market value plunged $15.7 billion. You know, um, I'm so proud of this country. I saw something on the news the other day, like Fox News um, had the story about Anthony Bass, the Toronto Blue Jay pitcher we talked about last week, Howard, who had uh, shared or likened some posting that was, you know, all in on the, you know, boycott Target because of the gay line of clothing and Mm -hmm. boycott Bud Light. And the reaction wasn't good. I mean, he's a professional baseball player. The Toronto Blue Jays were embarrassed and everything. You know, the attitude is, you know, keep politics out of this because you're speaking for the team. You're speaking for the other players, whether you like it or not, when someone of your profile does that. And then he offered an apology and everything. But anyway, the spin on this Fox News posting was Anthony Bass did this, you know, and, you know, woke Canada, you know. The, the fans the next night, and we didn't talk about this. We talked about it the other day. That night when he came into the game, the fans at Rogers Center booed him nice. loud and clear. And I thought, I am so proud of this city and so proud of the Toronto Blue Jay fans right now. Because, they, you know, they've put over – they've put – well, they've put life over well, baseball. Well, yeah, decency over some stupid Decent. game. Yeah. But anyway, the spin on the Fox News story was, oh, look at woke Toronto, those goofy Canadians, right? They've, you know, they they missed the point here. Or they're taking it out on this guy when the world's going woke. And it was just sickening. And then to read some of the comments on the uh, on the thing, like, you know, Canadians have always been cowards and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. It was just, and again, another reason to just stay away from that shit. Yeah. You know, and it's funny that they would they would look at that, they would look at that or they would their spin on that would be something super negative. And yet this fucking kid rock guy machine gunning some Bud Light cans. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to them. Like, that's what you know, I just want to say. That's why this right left thing doesn't wash with me anymore. Because, it, as I've said to you, it used to be we could have a discussion about policies that are different mm-hmm. but there's no there's no discussion anymore because one is just not right ironically please what were you going to say no I, well, I don't know if we mentioned it but a conversation i had with my nephew not long after that happened was you know how that sort of flew under the radar of being objectionable I mean, it was a story but there was all people yeah 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 kid rock but the slant of how wrong it was. Again, what's going on with all the guns in the United States? He's an influencer. Mm-hmm. You know, and he appeals to a lot of rednecks. You know what I mean? So that, so him grabbing a gun, one of those machine guns and doing that sends the wrong message to so many. And, and to your point, and well, to my point, mm-hmm. that does more harm. There's more harm directly yeah. done by that act. Yes. You know, AR-15s or whatever the fuck they're mm-hmm. called. Then... There's more harm in that than this trans person being right. featured on a fucking beer can. A lim- and it wasn't, you know, I, I was just going to say limited run. It wasn't even a limited run. It was a few dozen cans for her. For their own use. <laughs> it wasn't even. <laughs> that, yeah, I know. They weren't I, even like, uh, like, wow. And, and you think about 
the valuation of uh, and you're right, Dan. It wasn't sales; it was the uh, stock valuation. So, I guess that's twenty percent of their stock value, fifteen point seven. And here's the thought I had: so all these rednecks and all these people are making this. But their point. sales did go down, Howard. Yes, but well, they would have their sales would have gone down for the stock to go down. Um, whatever the sales, do you know this? How much sales was affected, Dan? Since you, uh, it's something like thirty million or okay. So think about that. Those poor, stupid people who reacted this way because of a trans human being. Think about the people at who work at Bud Light, who work in bars, who all the people affected by the drop in Bud Light sales and stock. People could be laid off. I'm not saying they were, but there mm-hmm. could actually be human results. They, human beings' lives can be result can be affected as a result of this. No humans' lives were affected by Dylan Mulvaney, is my point, being featured on a Bud Light can. No. But actual people could be affected by Kid Rock starting this ball yeah. rolling. Mm-hmm. And they're just too stupid to understand that. Right. That's why they're a shithole country, if I may say. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, I just, it's, uh, it's, you know, it gets back to why do you care so much? Why do you like, care? Why do you care? <laughs> because of the Bible. Other than, um, unless you're filled with hate and rage, and I, um, I've said it before, I've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. <clears throat> Donald Trump isn't elected. In, t- in 2016, a lot of this stuff does not happen. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't. Well, yeah, because the, he gave the stupid... He gave the stupid, and uh, and we've made this point a million times too. He gave them a he gave them a voice and a and permission to speak mm-hmm. out. Here's Donald yeah. Trump on a Fox Town Hall. I have the right to declassify as president. He's got eighteen hundred and fifty boxes that he doesn't want anyone to see. He had seven or eight boxes in Chinatown, in Washington D.C., where nobody even speaks English in Chinatown. Chinatown is very. It's it's in favor of China. Nobody speaks English in Chinatown. It's very in favor of China. And the only reason I had that waiting is because somebody commented on him and he's saying this. The enormity of his insanity, narcissism, racism, corruption and incompetence in business, government and family often obscure what a what a gibbering fucking moron he is. He's just plain stupid. Of course, he was talking about Joe Biden. Yes. And even, you know, I think the DOJ has come out in the last few days and said there's going to be no movement on Pence yep. or Biden because, yeah, they made a mistake and they abided by the law. But, you know, the orange prick, you know, of course, he wants to change the narrative, like what he's actually guilty of. Those guys weren't. Yes. He wants to pretend they are or Biden was. But to your point, though, you were going to make the point and making I'm sorry, you were making the point about how he gave sort of permission for all this that's right. led to the whatever that's going on target and bud light and 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 i asked the same question why what does a trans human beings whatever what is that how does that affect any of us because of the three of us on this chat right now you know i know one person that's trans one I don't know if you guys know any, but uh, and it's uh, somebody that was in somebody that was in Spencer's film, and 
which we can talk about in a bit. But uh, and I've met that person a total of two times mm-hmm. and just couldn't have been nicer. One of the first them first, of course, the first thing they said to me was, I'm nervous meeting you because I grew up listening to you guys. Humble right. and Fred, la da 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 da. Dan and I know a kid and, uh, you know, oh, right. I can speak for Dan. Our heart aches for the kid because we love him slash on the way to her. And just to appreciate, well, all of us. I mean, we've actually, some of us have actually cried for the kid because the, what that person is going through and, the, and, the, and how brave to come forward and decide that this, you know, this isn't right and this is the way I want to lead my life and all the attachments to that. And when you really, gen- you've known the kid since a baby mm-hmm. and, you, and, and you adore the kid because he was, or okay, Forget my pronouns here for a second, right? Was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful kid. And still is. Still is, is exactly. But, but going through this, again, your heart just aches. You wish it wasn't so, but hey, it's the reality. It's what they're... So how do you do anything but support someone that you love that much? Exactly. And that's kind of what I said to Lumby, because Lumby was kind of giving me this thing. Well, you know, there's really, you know, but there's only two biological, there's only two sexes. I go, yes, biologically. This is, yes. But what I said, yes, you're right, biologically. Mm -hmm. I said, but... There are, it's been proven now, scientifically, that there are people who do not recognize and, and do not, that's not the word I was looking for, do not um, feel wrong in their bodies. And I said, my, my argument, Jeff, this would stop if it was one of your kids. You would no longer be talking about the two biologies and a man's washroom and all this other nonsense. That these, not that Jeff does, but I'm just saying that that, that nonsense that happens... By the way, I forgot that we know you and I, and well, not Dan, but you and I know another person whose child also is trans. But again, even if they, yeah, that's right. There are, there's a man and there's woman, there's female, uh, male, but it doesn't matter in this case because in the head of that person, it's, there's something else going on in the psychology and in the body of that person. That's what matters. And listen, is there going to be, is there going to be issues around it? Of course. Like, you know, somebody might feel uncomfortable that a male is coming into a female. I understand that. It's just part of the whole thing that we've got to get our heads around and adjust to and figure it out. Of course there's going to be. It's going to make some people uncomfortable along the way. We all know that, but that, that just adds to the pain for the person going through it. But the thing, it doesn't matter that there's male or female. Like, what are you going to say to a trans a person halfway through? Like, and, oh, and, you're a male. Stop that. And that was my, and sort of my yeah. discussion with Jeff. I said, think about the way 50 years ago yeah. we were all uncomfortable with the idea that somebody – we know might be coming out as gay and and i said look how much more comfortable we're we're with we are with that concept now we've all gotten used to it at times it made it was a little bit it was and it was painful for those people and now it's this is why you know again uh dylan mulvaney has caused this big stir about you know these rednecks and bud light but as i've said to you on the show and off the show all it takes is for one of those people for one of their kids to come out and then it changes their whole view. The fact that, again, I know I lean on the Bible, Dan, but the fact that a lot of those people feel it's wrong from a biblical sense just shows how dumb they are. They literally think the Bible doesn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. No well, there's all, all parts of the Bible that talk about the kindness and, can, you know, 
caring for your neighbors and all that at the core of any of this is like the, all the the all the stuff that we keep hearing about is just garbage because at the core of it is the person the actual person and yeah. where that person is coming from they're not i don't can't imagine any person you know is searching for where, wherever they feel comfortable in life. And if it's mm-hmm. this extreme of a thing, then obviously there's something going on that needs to be addressed. And whatever that is, you have to have feelings for that person and figure out how do we how do we create a path for this person to succeed in our society. And there's and there's going to be bumps along the way. Look at it this way. So you, you, you have a daughter. She's part of a swim team. She's 12 years old. And then some male kid decides that they're transgender and then you find out well that kid now wants to dress with the girls and some of the parents go well okay you know there hasn't been surgery or transformation take place or whatever the terminology is they might be uncomfortable with that person coming in to the change room you can understand that like because boy it's a lot to digest at the moment so all that stuff's going to take time yeah but i another thing i will say these incidents, what I just described, and like Fox News and the far right, they would lead you to believe that this is widespread happening everywhere, <laughs> no, no. all day long, every every change room in America. Yeah. And the actual incidents of that are like point zero 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 one percent Yeah, and to your point about Fox News and the far right, yeah. the idea that they think people are grooming children to becoming trans, that's one of the things I said to Jeff. I said, mm-hmm. nobody... No, I shouldn't say it. Let me, let me say it less aggressively. Because what you said about that person that you know. It's not the path that anyone would choose because it's a right. hard path. And that's the thing that breaks your heart is because they didn't choose it. It chose them. And if you forget that and you hear these far right guys, well, they're grooming our children to be gay and trans. You, yeah. you, you're, it just, again, shows you how dumb they are. Because no one would... No one would choose that path. That path chooses them, and it's a painful one. And imagine being a 12-year-old and, and what you just described about going and, and then knowing you're in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. Science has proven it. That's what Jeff said. Well, you know, it's a biology. Well, okay, but they've now proven that these people feel the way they feel, and that's just how it is. 50 years from now, it'll be so common, we won't even think about it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. You yeah, know, we will um, figure it out. But uh, yeah, and there's going to be bumps along the way, and uh, people are going to be uncomfortable. And uh, it's just, but I mean, we've come a long way to this point. Uh, by the way, one and one of the discussions Jeff and I had, the, one of the big bumps along the way is going to be in the world of sports because they're going to have to figure that out too. But, well, I, I, I've got the solution—a trans um, category. Absolutely, Dana. Will you stick around? Sticker. Will you come back and do news for us? Yeah, I got some news uh, lined up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good man. Good man. Right on. Right on. Uh, Fred and I have got a couple stories coming up. I think everyone will be interested in the. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this. I, I, it resonated with me. We'll tell you the worst day for uh, heart attacks. And uh, Bill Brio is our guest. It's Tuesday. Usually we're uh, alone on Mondays, but it's not Monday. There's a real L.A. vibe in the air, the haze hanging over our cities. And and when Bill's here, I looked at his list, Fred. There's actually a television show being produced, not just in Toronto. Is that your dog? I don't have a dog. Oh, I thought Dougie was there. Here's some barking. No. No. Um, There's a show being produced about Toronto in Toronto, and I will uh, run that by 
run that by the great Bill Brio. But first, here's Fredman. Uh, let's talk about Bodog, the RBC Canadian Open taking place this uh, week at Oakdale. Yeah. Uh, I read a great article about that yesterday and how they became the home of, the, of this year's Canadian Open. And uh, your buddy uh, Howard uh, G has played there many, many times. Some Have big, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask. Some ask big golf that. tournaments I've played there at Oakdale. Let's talk about that later because the whole idea, there's like three nine-hole courses there or something. and they There's 27 holes, and what they did is they took the best 18 and made right. it sort of a championship routing, whatever they call it. Anyway, the early line, uh, Rory McIlroy, the favorite at plus 550. Uh, never heard of this guy, Tyrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton? Yes. At uh, plus 1100, and Cam Young, Cameron Young at plus 1400. That would be your top three favorites uh, for the RBC Canadian Open this week at uh, Oakdale. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. Yes, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. I, uh, I realize, uh, sorry, old edge fans, I realize what that barking was. It was the... Uh, was the barking in uh, in this song I was playing? I'm like, oh yeah, there's. Uh, listen, uh, you know one of the things these golfers get done almost universally before every round, they go to the uh, fitness trailer that travels with the PGA Tour, and they get an assisted stretch. If you've never had one before, StretchLab.com. I'm telling you, people, if you're a golfer, you got to try this. If you're just old like Freddie and I, also great. If you haven't had an assisted stretch before. Prepare yourself for a great time. Your flexologist will greet you and discuss your current flexibility. They did an assessment on me, and I uh, I thought I was pretty flexible. Not as much as I thought. Stretches are performed on uh, their custom-designed benches. It won't be painful, and you get uh, great communication all the way through. It uh, does the following. Improve sports performance, increase range of motion and flexibility, reduce muscle and joint pain, improve posture and more. And uh, right now, Humble and Fred people get an introductory 50-minute one-on-one stretch for only $59. That's right. A 50-minute one-on-one includes the assessment that I got. For $59, go to stretchlab.com. And uh, check it out. And then get back to us, too. If you if you go and experience this, I want you to send us a note after because, like, I've had a few people go. It's different than a Cairo, and it's different than getting a massage. Because what they do is they really concentrate on those areas, like your hips, like your IT bands, etc. And all of a sudden, your lower back pain starts to ease. Introductory 50-minute one-on-one stretch for $59 at stretchlab.com. Um, what is the worst day for heart attacks? Monday. No surprise. Mm-hmm. This is British research, and uh, they looked into heart attacks, and uh, you're 13% more likely to have a heart attack on a Monday than any other day of the week. And have you ever heard the uh, have you ever heard the ter- uh, term Sunday scaries? No. It must be British, but they they blame it on the Sunday scaries being. I remember having that feeling where, you know, you look forward to the weekend, but you get up Sunday morning and towards the afternoon, you're thinking about Monday. 
you know, when you get a little anxious, you know, depending on your job. And I remember feeling that even with the goofy job that we had for all those years. No, I remember. I, I, I recognize what it means. I'd never heard the term, but yeah, yeah I remember... Mm-hmm. Come, you know, late Sunday afternoon, whatever, I start to think about the show and then having to go to bed again. You know, I was talking about our schedule to somebody because people are always fascinated by what time we used to get up. And I said, you know, getting up at 3.30 or 4 isn't the hard part. I said, for me, it was always going to bed early, mm-hmm. getting to sleep at 9.30 or 10 or trying to, you know, it was always a matter of what kind of sleep I was going to get. And getting up wasn't a problem. But anyway, these Sunday scaries are the way you feel on uh, Sundays is a uh, direct connection to what they believe is uh, the greater chance of having a heart attack on a mon- on a Monday. And I, I, I bet you that's pretty consistent in the, you know, the Western world uh, because, you know, the rat race, go, go, go attitude that we've taken on uh, that, uh, yeah. Uh, that anticipation, that anxiety, you know, those who can't stand their jobs, what they go through on a Sunday, anticipating Monday morning, and it can cause a heart attack. A lot of stress mm-hmm. surrounding it. No, it totally makes sense. Um, so you were talking about the Canadian Open and golf tournament. Let me see if I can make this segue. I was, we were off yesterday because, because I was going to play in a golf tournament. Not you know, there's a series of sort of big amateur invitationals that I am lucky enough to get invited to. You were playing in a golf tournament, a fun scramble with our friends at the Chamber Plan, uh, Tanner Financial. Yes. Enjoyed your day at uh, Richmond Hill Golf Club. Yes. With uh, uh, Rod Johnson from uh, the Chamber's Plan and uh, my son, Daniel. And did you hit some nice shots? Did you have a nice time? Did you oh, enjoy I gr- yourself? I had a great time. Um, again, I, I haven't played since April, but wow. Danny's really taken an interest in this game and, uh, he could hit the ball really good. I mean, he's struggling with, uh, some control at times, but, uh, he hits it nice. And, uh, you got yourself a nice prize, uh, at the end of the day, I understand. Yes. It was the last prize of the day on the prize table. And I don't usually win anything. Actually, there was a couple of, uh, like, um, uh, you know, cordless drills there. And I said to Danny, kidding, I'm going to win one of those drills. Yeah, no. And of course, the tickets came up and they were gone. I thought those were the last two prizes. And I thought, oh. And then they said, oh, one more prize, a little tiny box. It was a Garmin, like, golf watch. Nice. And uh, they called out the number and it was mine. Aww. It was mine. I won it. Mm-hmm. I uh, didn't tell you this on the phone, but I won a golf tournament on Saturday, actually. Did you? I did. I was a two-man uh, better ball event at my club with my uh, buddy uh, Jeff Zanini. And, uh, you know, it's a, I won't go into it, but it's one of those, it's a net event. So you're, <clears throat> everyone's getting shots. <clears throat> and Jeff's a very good player. And, uh, you know, I'm a pretty low handicap. And normally, we're not the kind of guys that win those events. But we squeaked it out. And, uh, and we won, which was very unusual. And what did you win? Um, it's called shop credit. Oh, so nice. uh, we were given. I think are we split six hundred uh, in shop credit. Wow! And um, so here's what I'm going to do. After Bill Brio is about to be admitted to this program, <laughs> but yesterday all, all this began by I was going to say yesterday I was supposed to play in this big tournament. 
I've I've played in it before. It's at a very, you know, nice golf course in Fort Erie, and I was all set to play in it. And I'm going to tell you when we're done with Bill why I did not play in it, and why it was uh, the one of the great one <laughs> another one of the great decisions of my parental uh, parental life. Okay, how's that for uh, oh, teasing? Look forward ahead? to that one. Uh, look forward to that one. All right. What was that guy's name? Mike Zanini. What was his name? Your partner, Jeff Zanini. Oh, Jeff Zanini. Do you want to make fun of his name? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Jeff Zanini, bite my weenie. Do you ever say that? <laughs> All the time. Do you? No, I don't. You know why? Because I'm not seven. It's <laughs> fucking. Because I've I've known him long enough that the fact that his name rhymes with weenie has worn off. Okay, I see him probably a couple times a week for the last four or five years. Hey, uh, yeah, Zanini, bite my weenie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Okay, get it done. You know what? I'll try it. <laughs> Let me. So what do I say? I go, hey, Zanini, bite my weenie. Like yeah. just like that. Yeah, wouldn't you? You know, okay. I'm just kidding around with him. Yeah. And then should I flick Wait, a book? What's going on with Brio and the I have no idea. crossed out camera? Hey, Brio. Yes, sir. Can't see you, man. Hold on. Oh. There we go. Now I still can't see. It's just a picture of you. That's the still. Boy, yeah. he's a handsome man. He's, he? You know Jesus. what? He's very, very handsome. Jesus Christ, man. Um, yes. Um, you can't see me. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Uh, okay. The uh, place that they're holding the Canadian Open mm-hmm. is a, a very famous golf course in uh, Toronto. It's a very exclusive private course in a very different neighborhood. It's at fa- it's at Jane and Finch, folks, which is uh, it's the hood, my friends. And um, yeah, very exclusive golf course. Now, I'm reading yesterday Jewish ties. It's exclusively Jewish. Exclusively Jewish. Did you just say that? I don't think you did. Uh, I'm saying it now. Oh, okay. So, what does that mean, exclusively Jewish? I don't understand. You can only be Jewish to play there? How is the RBC there, then? You know, I I don't... It's one of those things where, oh, there's that handsome, mm-hmm. sweet Billy B. <laughs> Let's just ta- let's, let's table that conversation because okay. it, it's no. It, I'm, I was fascinated. I read a whole thing about it yesterday, and the story was fascinating about that golf course. Well, send it to, to me. me. Send it go- to me. Okay, it was a Steve Simmons piece. Oh, nice. Well, send that to me. I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. He said it's the, that golf course has the best hamburgers anywhere. Apparently, it's got great. <laughs> you ever golf- had one? No, but I'll tell you what. What I did have at that golf course, and just Bill, just follow along the story. It's 2016 when I quit drinking. I also, for about 14 months, quit eating meat because I wanted to sort of do a cleanse, and then it just kind of got away from me. I was only going to do it for a couple months, and then it just typically lasted over a year. And I was at this tournament that I, and the tournament I play in at that course, you have to qualify for. So I was at this big tournament at the end of the day, hadn't eaten meat in 14 months, Bill. And they had for the meal, they had a, um, a smoked meat 
station where you could make your own smoked meat sandwiches. <laughs> Fuck mm. me. I was just like, it might as well have been Coke. I was just like, <laughs> I was just rubbing pastrami on my face. It was like rye bread, mustard, pickles, sauerkraut, pastrami. I'm like, all right, meat. You sucked me back in. <laughs> um, all right, let's, uh, let's formally introduce our very good friend, TV feeds his family, and Bill Brio is back. Very interesting appearance this week, and of course, uh, Brio podcast. What's your podcast called? <laughs> it, it's surprisingly, it's called Brio TV the podcast. Thank you very much. And every you know what every appearance now you think I would know it Brio. Brio TV, the podcast. Uh, we're going to get to uh, your latest guest. It was fascinating. You interviewed our friend Marilyn Dennis, but first, welcome back to our program. Thanks, guys. Good very- to be back. And I've had the burgers at Bogies, which is the uh, pub up at the Sobble Beach Golf uh, Course, and uh, they have fine burgers there as the well. The place is called oh. Bogies. It is just called Bogies. Yeah, yeah. It's not. You might as well be called Eat Snot. <laughs> Billy, you live in Brampton. How often do you have a Sonny's burger? Oh, you know, now and then, uh, if I'm feeling constipated, Fred. That's uh, right. Yeah, That's I the like ringing the endorsement for Sonny's. <laughs> That's right. If you need to evacuate. Uh, before we get to what you've, um, all the stuff you want to talk about, as always, we've got our own agenda. Bill, your last appearance would have been one month ago. And uh, I don't know if you remember our discussion about the series Barry. And I said to you, I tried it for a couple episodes. And then I left it and you went, no, no, Howard, it's excellent. So uh, on your recommend, I went back and started again and burned through all four seasons. And uh, was, you know, got to, got to the series ending a couple weeks ago. You were You were bang on. Uh, I, I don't know if you, you don't need me as a, an endorser of your TV acumen, but I got to tell you, man, it was so good and you were so right. And uh, you you burned up days of my time, but it was well worth it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I think uh, Bill Hader, really, he can do whatever he wants now. I think yeah. he's proven to be as expert at drama and just, oh, my goodness, cutting edge suspense and horror and everything else and what a great director holy yes. smoke so hats off to him do you like the way it ended i don't know freddie you're not you know, i don't want to give anyway i want to give it away it, it sort of ended i guess the way it had to end um yeah yeah i think um you know i don't think when you design these shows and there's sort of no way out um the the endings are going to be not pleasing everyone, I right. guess. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I think just the ride uh, is, on that show, every single episode was uh, breathtaking in the final season. It was uh, very, very cutting edge. Well, let's talk about some endings. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know what I missed with Succession, but it's over now. And I don't, did, did, were you, uh, Freddie, I know you watched a couple seasons of it, but. Uh, yeah, I gave up. I th- it went, what, five seasons was it, Bill? Or four? Four, I think. Right. And um, I gave up, too. Yeah, I watched the first season. Um, boy, a lot of people, it's their favorite show. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe it's a bigger deal in the States than here, perhaps, because of the Murdoch family and everything, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, interesting show. But I don't think it's The Wire. I don't think it's Sopranos. 
No, yeah, I gave up. Maybe in season three, Delise and I gave it a shot, and we get into it a bit. But again, I keep saying I found it too frenetic, the patter back and forth and the insults. And it was like, God, this is just too much for me. I can't keep up or whatever but i'll tell but you again there's no there's no denying the popularity yeah i was gonna say people lot, that yeah. love it guys they like i was talking to my buddy lumby like they people who love it are so passionate about it in the same way that you mentioned those other shows they, they would think of it in the same breath as you know breaking bad and sopranos i watched the first season and maybe that's right you're right fred maybe i was a little bit too much I, th- I think like Macaulay, something- Ma- Macaulay Culkin's brother is amazing in that show, but at the same time, he's very aggravating. <laughs> what were we going to say, Billy? No, uh, I agree about Culkin. He was terrific in that. But there, there's, uh, I was talking to John Doyle, and, and he, you know, from, was at the Global Mail. He's retired, and he, his theory is that we've kind of hit the wall in terms of peak TV about this new golden age that um, we got through COVID, and everybody hunkered down and watched a lot of TV, but now. It seems like the great shows are not really um, there as they were four or five years ago. There was sort of a 20-year period there where everything was amazing. And uh, now I think Succession comes along and people are so eager to champion the next great show that they will maybe accept one that's just okay. Um, Go ahead, Freddie. No, I, on that point, like, I don't know, is there any way to monitor this? And I watched Ted Lasso, but yeah, I've gonna... got to say, maybe Breaking Bad at the time or that other one, uh, Dexter. I have yeah. never, I don't remember a show being as generally referenced as Ted Lasso. Yeah. Like at a golf tournament yesterday, literally everybody around the table seen Ted Lasso. And when you say to somebody Ted Lasso, and it's an acknowledgement, yeah, I've seen it, it's great, Mm -hmm. as opposed to a lot of shows, you know, that it's a lot of people's favorites, but most people's, it's not. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think a show has ever been so right for the times. Yes. I think it's just, it's about kindness and being human and uh, just uh, everything, all those characters, it was such a positive experience watching that show. And so, yeah, we embrace it because it looks like those people really like each other. We really like them. Uh, was it the greatest show of all time? I don't know, the season three was pretty up and down for me, to be honest. Well, I was, well, um, I, was well, I brought that down because I wanted to talk about the ending of that show because mm-hmm. Fred had seen it. Before I did, because this is how pathetic, uh, you know, I don't know if it says about what's going on in my life, but I was I got to the second last episode of season three and I had like a week to kill. So I went back and I watched the first two seasons of it again. Yeah, I did. Whatever. Don't judge me. I don't drink <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I, I and I and I loved it again. I really did. I, I won't watch all of season three because it's too re- recent. I thought it ended as. You know, you make a great point, Bill. You know, these shows are so good. It really, what do we expect from the ending of Seinfeld, of Breaking Bad, or whatever? I thought it ended fine. You know, it wasn't was yeah. it the best Ted Lasso ever? I don't think so, but it was certainly good enough for me. What about you? Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think what it, it serviced viewers in that it tied up almost every loose end you could think of. Yes, um, and I guess you know that's what they were setting out to do. I found that was too there was too much effort that in that direction. Uh, I just love the little moments where the, uh, the the soccer team bursts out into a song from, <laughs> from um, you yeah, know, the sound of music. It, uh, 
the, the, the sound of music it was yeah, great, which was which was adorable. And there's so yeah. many adorable moments on that show that it's irresistible. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, again, it was uh, at the end. I th- Although we didn't really find out who Keely ends up with. But they leave, was, she leaves it open. Couple, yeah. they, well, there was a couple little things because they, they, they promoted it as the season final, not the series final. I did right. a little reading. Oh, really? uh, they left a couple things open. For instance, there's that thing at the end where Coach Beard marries Jane, his uh, lady friend from the UK, and there's everyone at the wedding but Ted Lasso. So you think, okay, his best friend in the world didn't come back to the UK for his wedding. So maybe it's to say, like, you know, they can, they're going to continue without Ted. Well, there's a theory that a lot of that was Ted's dream or vision of the future, not necessarily the future. Well, um, the guy that you know, plays Beard was asked that. They asked him, was that a dream sequence? He said no. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. He would know. He writes a lot of yeah, the show. He writes it, yeah. Um, I, I think you could definitely see spinoffs on the show. I don't think uh, Sudeikis is going to be back. He's stated that over and over again. But I think, um, you know, you could get, what's his name, the uh, the other coach there, the Roy former Blunt. star player. Um, uh, you, you could build a show maybe around him. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of possibilities. You know, Hannah Waddingham has already moved on to another series. Um, so yeah, they, I don't know if they get the whole band back. Yeah, um, it uh, it really it really was something that last episode to me the la- the closing moments the uh, that song Cat uh, Stevens Father and Son that's one of my yeah. favorite songs ever yeah. and again I, I I could be heard going <laughs> yeah, of course a couple <laughs> of times not, and. It was, and what was cool, it was what we predicted, too. I mean, you could see it a mile away. He was going to go home, and then, and they didn't win. That was good, too, that they did not win the the overall championship. I thought that was cool. But as predicted, they beat West Ham. Right, right. They knew they were going yeah. to. And, yeah. and that would have been cheesy to win it all. Yeah, and yeah. but exactly. And it wasn't too cheesy. And the fact that Rupert got that he got called a wanker at the end, kind of yes. coming full circle. And having just watched the first two seasons and then seeing the uh, the episode, the last episode, it kind of brought it all together. There was like as Bill said, all the little points were tied up. But yep. Billy, this isn't anywhere near what you wanted to talk about on Brio mm-hmm. TV, the podcast feeds my family. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. This is more fun. Whatever. I the mean, Canadian you know, stuff going on. Sure. The Canadian upfronts are on, and I was gonna ask you about this. Uh, one of the shows that they announced. Why don't you take it from here, sir? Yeah, they just announced yesterday, uh, and today is the first day of the upfronts, and it's uh, Rogers City TV. They're going first. Chorus is uh, tomorrow and CTV Thursday, and uh, yeah, City TV. They're gonna do Law and Order. Uh, Toronto colon criminal intent and um, imagine you know so I guess we're gonna see like uh, subway crime or TTC stuff uh, I guess on that one <laughs> that's right uh, this chorus I think they've, they've, they've got a pilot about um, a, a former radio announcer who turns into Voldemort right? oh, that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that one. That, that would be, be a awesome. great series. I wish. Um, 
but the, there's a show on City, uh, uh, The Golden Bachelor. So, you know, they all go down to L.A. With, with suitcases full of money, and they try to buy a bunch of stuff that they simulcast here. But there's nothing down there this year because of the writer's strike. Everybody's sitting yeah. and waiting and could last 100 days or who knows. So, But they're bringing back some reality shows and saying, oh, we've got the buzz show of the year. There isn't one. And mm. uh, what they're bringing back is stuff like The Golden Bachelor, which is basically yeah. just older bachelors you know mm-hmm. you know so um it's 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 not quite the uh, the uh news that it has been in past years uh, this upfront that's still going on the writer's strike eh yeah, oh, they, yeah. The, the directors guild is know. coming to they apparently they've come to some kind of agreement which might foreshadow the end of the writer's strike but not necessarily you know the right the directors always settle and the writers and the actors hate them because they always bail at this time. So they don't mm. stick it out and help them. Uh, you know, so we'll see. I don't know if it does mean anything. Um, you know, and, and it's true. The way television used to be consumed is you would watch Cheers, you would watch Frasier, and then you would watch it again on your local station. And then you would watch it, you know, and, and all that syndication money, all that money that made Seinfeld crazy rich uh, has gone because now you can stream those shows. Uh, you just can call them up any time and they're not really counted the same way. And hmm. So the writers aren't getting residuals the same way. So there really are uh, at a disadvantage uh, from where it once was. And this is why, right, this is affecting the late night talk shows, too, because I mm-hmm. usually go to YouTube for my late night monologues, Jimmy Kimmel in particular, right. but they just haven't been there. No, no they've yeah. uh, they've sat out in solidarity. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm missing Bill Maher very much. Yes. What? Right. Uh, well, let's get to some of the stuff that is premiering this week. You've got a few shows that we might be interested in. Yeah, something started last night, Stars on Mars. So they get William Shatner, who's 92, to host. Jesus. And they take a bunch of celebrities, so-called <laughs> celebrities, and they put them in a simulated Mars-like environment. So something really hot, I guess. And uh, they have to see if they can survive in his face. Um, you know, this is uh, where we're at. Who are some uh, of the stars? shows about Mars. Who are some of the stars on Mars? Honestly, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Okay, you know, forget that. Just try to imagine who was on Dancing with the Stars season. And now they're on <laughs> Now it should be called Dancing with the Stars on Mars. Right. Um, <laughs> and you you wrote something here too. In uh, the Canadian version, celebs are forced to ride the TTC. That's that, funny. That is sad. Where you actually got to think twice now before boarding. <laughs> you know, in Toronto. Uh, now I, there's I, jokes do, about it. Do you hear about Rob Salem at the Toronto Star? No. No. Okay. So, Rob, you know, Rob's a big guy, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. 6'3 or something. And he's getting he's on the subway. He lives downtown. And he's trying to get off. And there's a, a raving lunatic in the doorway who's just going nuts. And um, Rob uh, needs to get off that, that stop. So he sort of just gently nudges. And this guy spits on him. Mm-hmm. So Rob pushes back. And he cold cocks him, breaks his nose, and leaves him bleeding on the platform. Um, this guy is was sort of notorious for this. Apparently, they've caught him. He spits on passengers. Mm. Uh, and I said to Rob, well, I don't know if it's the right guy, but he's the spitting image of the suspect. <laughs> um, but, but you know, I, I, had, I live in Brampton. I don't take this CTC very often. I went last week. On the two different lines, there was a, a crazy 
I'm, sadly, somebody was mentally disturbed who was raving in this in the same car. Um, there's something very dark going on, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I think, no, uh, I think uh, yeah, before taking your kid or your grandkid on there or something, I'd be nervous. And it's so sad. Uh, and because, again, the chances of something happening are slim, you would think. Yeah. Still. I, listen, I don't think there's anything. There is something dark going on. But I think what's we're just catching up to other big yeah. North American cities where this stuff has been going on. You know, forever it just hasn't been going on much here. Uh, listen, I was I'm, I live in this city. I never take the TCC, but you know, I was downtown last night. Bell uh, Tiff Lightbox in that area, and you know, as I was crossing the street, there was a guy just screaming at the world. I mean, it's always been around. It's just I think because of mental health issues, it's just mm-hmm. more of it now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, true. I, I'm sure that's true. It's just. Um you know, I grew up in uh, Toronto and would take the subway as an eight-year-old anywhere or the TTC, and uh, mm-hmm. they haven't. And the other thing, the subway looks the same as when I was eight, only much shabbier and broken. Right. Um, you know, the, the city stopped paying for uh, the upkeep, and so it's it's just a broken system. I, uh, and even when I emerged from the subway, uh, you know, sadly, there was homeless, uh, a poor guy lying, like literally you almost had to step over to get out of the subway tunnel. Um, so in my, uh, maybe this was just a bad day, bad impression, bad stop. But yeah. boy, it just seemed to be one, two, three. So when you were eight yeah. years old riding the subway, would you get on and off wearing your short pants and little sailor cap? <laughs> just yeah, exactly. I was carrying a lollipop. Carrying it's a lollipop. Stinky. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's blaze through some of these quickly because I want to get to uh, the end here, which is uh, Maryland. So just, just give us a, a rundown of the other shows that you think we should see. Oh, go watch Wanda Sykes. I'm an entertainer. It's yes. one of the funnier uh, comedy specials on Netflix right now. It's been up for about two weeks. Uh, she really kills it and uh, very timely, very fiercely funny. I'm a huge fan. And uh, this is, you know, we look at these, we talk about comedy specials and some of them haven't been so funny lately. Hers is terrific. But I, I'm going to watch it. The one I, I haven't mentioned to Freddie that I thought was really good is uh, Mulaney's latest uh, Baby J. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, a couple other quick ones, and then we'll talk about Marilyn. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, Never Have I Ever is a show that's coming on, I think, tomorrow night. Fourth season, final season. Uh, and it's uh, Mindy Colling produces it. It's another one of these high school uh, shows, but a very well-written. And the best part of it is uh, the narrator, the guy who's sort of talking about all these teens going back and forth to class in high school is John McEnroe and he's hilarious he's wow. very funny because uh, he'll go oh it looks like uh, Mindy dropped Bob harder than uh, you know I got dropped at the US Open in 1980 you know like it, it, you have to yeah. see it it's, it's very I, I'm funny. not surprised he's talented that mm-hmm. way. yeah he yeah. really is yeah yeah so recommend that one for sure uh, Kelly Kyoko from uh, Big Bang She's got a series coming up uh, starting this week called Based on a True Story. It's kind of a murder whodunit. But it's on Peacock. Does anybody subscribe to Peacock? I don't know. Right. See, that's, I, you know, I don't know. It's uh, not uh, one that's really, but I'm hearing some good things about. So uh, I read this story and I saw that you were going to be on the show. And then I saw yours because uh, Brio TV, the podcast, feeds my family. Uh, you interviewed Marilyn Dennis, who I've known since Calgary. I lived in Calgary in the 19, early 1980s. Wow. So I knew Dar- uh, Marilyn a long time. I, had, I just sort of forgot. Like, she did 13 years. Um, 
so what, yeah, of the Marilyn Dennis yeah. show. 13 yeah. years on CTV, 20 years on City. Right, on City Line. So yeah. tell us, did she decide to pull the plug or did they say your, your run is done? Well, um, you know, she is, uh, It's it, the way it's worded is that she's decided to retire her show. I think Marilyn uh, is, you know, at uh, hitting retirement age uh, later this year. And, uh, you know, for a while there, she was doing the radio and the TV. She would literally jump on the subway and go from Chum Building down to uh, Queen Street uh, for 10 o'clock to do the city line. So she's worked hard you oh, know, yeah. for a long time. Uh, so I, I believe her. I think that she decided to just say this was enough. Uh, 33 years is uh, like, as you guys know, long time to be broadcasting, right? Yeah, I'd say. She, I would say that given what she makes at Chum and what they would have paid her. By the way, for you TV nerds, she got paid way more money on the radio. Way more. Huh? Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, that's the stretch that she did there. I remember the, the Roger Rick and Marilyn days were, were the most fun for me as a listener. But she's going to remain on that with Jamar. Uh, on the, She's keeping the radio sh- uh, job. And she also has her own podcast. Marilyn Dennis has a podcast, which is coming back this fall. Fantastic. Listen, my friend, uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, thanks for the recommendation for Barry. Yeah, um, thanks. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 you, you, you skipped over something. It says Netflix has a documentary on Schwarzenegger. I'm going to start watching that. I yeah, did, Arnold. I, I did try and watch the following Citadel. I gave that a few episodes on Prime. Eh. I started watching um, the Schwarzenegger uh, father saw daughter CIA show Fubar. Fubar gave that a, an episode and a half. Won't go back. But yeah, I will. Rec- I'll recommend to you. And I was going to tell Freddie after. I've been watching uh, Smartless on the Road. Oh yeah, oh, right. And it's yeah. fantastic. It's okay, just, I got ch- I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah. Guys, it's uh-huh. better. It's better than the podcast. It's really, really good. Okay, well, I love the podcast, yeah. so I'm going to check that out. Yeah, and Delisa will like that too. We can watch that together. I've uh, past few weeks. I've been watching a weekly tragedy. It's been very interesting. Uh, called Alec Manoa on the Blue Jay pitching mound. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah, I knew he was. What, set, what is that all? He about? was setting up for a big joke. <laughs> yeah, it's a human tragedy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, and uh, of course, uh, Fred's recommended another show. I call him my buddy. Uh, hey, Jeff Zanini, how's your weenie? Yeah, that's right. One, that one. Yeah. Um, Bill Brio, listen, folks. There's nothing better than listening to, to Bill Brio speak to celebrities that we can't get on our show. Brio.tv or Brio TV, the podcast. TV feeds my family is the website. And we are lucky and grateful to have the great Bill Brio on our program once a month. Thanks, my friend. Thanks. My my pleasure. And uh, I want to you guys for uh, nudging me towards doing podcasts. The next time you're recording, ask Phil why he broke up with me. Okay, buddy. I'll ask. (laughs) Thanks, Billy. All right. Appreciate it, man. (laughs) There's Bill Brio. You know, the... um, Thanks, Billy. The the thing about uh, Smartless on the Road that I think you're going to enjoy is it's not the, the guests that they have on stage. They have them on for an hour, but in in the in the realm of the show of the documentary, whatever, they're only a, they're only a small part of it. It's them going to and from the venues and sitting around the hotel rooms. And when I say it's better than the podcast, because you get to see how. Sean, Sean's very good in this. 
mm-hmm. and how Sean and Will love to make fun of fucking Jason. It's so good. Oh, good. And, and Jason yeah. is way quirkier than the other two. What he mm-hmm. eats, what he will do, how he won't... Mm-hmm. If he has to go to the bathroom, he wants to have a shower after. <laughs> it's, it's all of that, and it's shot really well. It's all shot in black and white. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you'll really dig it. It's very, mm-hmm. very good. Um... How much time do we have here? I just to address one thing that we talked about. You said Marilyn Dennis. Did she leave on her own or not? Well, can you address it after you do a little business? Because yeah. we need okay. to get. Cause we're going to get it fall way. No, behind I know here. we're going to get backed fall up. Fall way behind. Like the uh, retirement Sherpa. Yes, please. Uh, uh, Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. He'll be by tomorrow uh, for his weekly update and uh, he'll touch upon a few subjects that. Uh, Leaves you thinking, uh, you know, are you on the right track? Are you not on the right track? And uh, again, the Sherpa available at uh, retirementsherpa.ca to answer your questions and maybe help you with your existing uh, portfolio. He's the retirement Sherpa. Evnet.ca. I was talking to our friend Ian Service from uh, Credible Goat and, of course, the Calves of Wonder. And he was telling me he's going to actually take us up on this uh, idea of, you know, experiencing an, an EV. Uh, he says he was going to take it out for a week. If you want to do it, you can. EVnet.ca. It really is the uh, if you you know if you've been wondering about an electric car, what's it going to how it will fit into your lifestyle going to and from the lake and things like that. Well, this is your chance to uh, figure it out. Call one eight hundred three eight seven nine three nine one. That's one eight hundred three eight seven nine three one nine three nine one. Choose an experience. Choose a length, choose the car, take it for a day, three days, or seven days, and see exactly if this is going to fit your life and lifestyle. I know it's doing great for my uh, gas-guzzling budget. EVnet.ca. Okay, so uh, back to Marilyn Dennis. Oh, no, I was just, you were asking, you know, did she leave, you know, on her own wishes or maybe pushed out because a lot of television production is suffering in Canada. It is. And often in situations like that, they give the talent the option. How do you want, how do you want this spun? You know, um, the fact that it was your choice, we'll go with that, even though it wasn't. And I think, you remember Tim and Sid? Yes. Uh, the sports guys. And then Sid went over to do the breakfast TV. And then uh, Tim was left on his own. It was called Tim McAuliffe and friends or whatever and then he announced one day that you know it was he was on he was leaving the show and on to something else rather than you know obviously Rogers did come in and I guess the dollars didn't make sense and he was going on to other more exciting things at the network and now he's just on the on the desk reading you know doing sports highlights and again I get that you know he had a long career there and you know, sometimes it hurts to say that, you know, this thing didn't work, so I'm being pushed out. I get them mixed up. Which one went over to breakfast television and yelled a lot? Sid. Sid. He, Sid. Was, he, he was, like, outraged about everything? Yes. Yeah. And he's not there anymore? No, no. At breakfast TV? Yeah. No, he is. I'm talking about Tim. Oh, so, okay. So he Tim's continued doing... on the sports desk. Because I thought Sid left Breakfast Television. Not that I, I'm up to date on this. No, he left him and Sid the sports I, I know show that and went part. to Breakfast TV. That. Oh. But I thought recently he was turfed from the Breakfast TV show. No, no, I don't think so. Well, no, I'm going to look no, it up because I thought no, I thought he was. A bunch of people he has worked with have left the show. Ah. I don't know what that says. 
Anyway, and then talking to Marilyn Dennis, then I read this other story that her son, Adam Wild, has decided to leave the morning show position at Virgin Radio, which would be rather lucrative for a young yes, fellow I like that. Yeah. Um, he's leaving that, his own decision, to run his podcast network. Yeah. And I'm thinking, hmm. Yeah, well, I read that too. That doesn't seem to make like you know we know what it's like running a podcast network a network we know it's like being on a morning show you know and that one really doesn't add up um but again listen when i left the mix they said to me do you want you know to we're gonna say you're gonna be doing something else in the company and i at the time i said no you're firing me fire me so but there's people that choose the other way yeah i've read that adam wild story who is by the way for people who don't know marilyn dennis's son Mm-hmm. And a great kid. I only worked with him briefly in the same building somewhere along the way. He was over at whenever I was at the boom and he might have been in one of the other stations. He's a really nice kid. Mm-hmm. And I read that like he's been working on this podcast network. It's, it's actually somebody else's podcast that he helps produce. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And I my spidey sense was tingling. And by the way, back to Maryland before I forget it. Like, mm-hmm. I think Bill seemed a bit incredulous when I said she made more money on the radio. Yeah, because they I were there. They, yeah, because because you, if you cover TV, you think these TV people are making the large money. They're not right. Highest paid media people in this city for years have been people on morning shows, not us, hmm. but other people. You know, when uh, what's his face was doing the six o'clock news. What's his name? Did it forever at CFTO. Ken Shaw. Ken Shaw. So Ken Shaw would have been making. I don't know, three hundred fifty something mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. Would you say? Probably. And, Rog- and Roger Ashby, John Derringer, Marilyn Dennis were all making north of a million. Mm-hmm. And think about that: Marilyn's making more money. That's why. By the way, that's why she's not giving up her morning show. Because mm-hmm. really, why would she? Takes mm-hmm. a couple hours out of her day. She probably doesn't even go in there anymore. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's changing quickly too. But well, no, the, 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 that's the last. She might be the last one that's going to get that kind of dough. Well, it's just so ha- it's happened. I mean, the re- um, the revenue hit that yes. these radio and TV stations have taken because of new media. Obviously, it's just they. It's this is the result. People are leaving shows because they're just refusing. They're just not decided not to pay them anymore. And I'm sure they all have their eye on this AI stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Especially radio, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. And, uh, it's you know, and it's great, uh, you know, for companies to do that, come in and say, okay, here's what we have to do. How do you want it presented? And it's funny, guys like us or veterans like us, again, you can sort of sniff it right away like, "Mm, ah, doesn't make sense. I'm just uh, one of our guests has just bailed on us here. Let me just do this. And uh, you're doing fine right there. Much appreciated. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and um, yeah. So uh, I mentioned before, uh, Bill, that uh, I was supposed to play in a golf tournament yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is the second time in a couple of weeks this has happened. We tramped the open moorland in the rain. I can't remember where I uh, where I heard this song. I as soon as I heard it, I, I saved it. 
that we it might have been from an episode of Ted Lasso. I don't remember. But um, a couple times recently it's come up that my youngest has had shows. Uh, a few weeks ago, Spencer was doing a sketch show at a theater downtown, and I was like, oh, I should probably go to that. And I bailed on a golf tournament. This is like uh, in May. And for some reason, you know, I knew Spencer shot a movie. Spencer's been going to film school and Spencer had a student film and then has been working in TV and production. Just like Danny is a tough, tough business. You know, you don't work that much and sometimes Mm -hmm. you get paid and sometimes there's no. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So Spencer applied for a grant um, at this uh, call. It's called the Get Real Film Festival. And it's presented by Stella's Place, which is a. Uh, home uh, organization that helps young people with mental health issues. Uh, kids between 18 and 29. If you've got somebody in your family that's suffering, then this is a, uh, a great organization. Uh, free health care services to young adults age 16 to 29 in Toronto. And so Spenny and uh, their crew applied for this. A small, wasn't a lot of money. And uh, they got uh, chosen to be in this film festival. So Spencer was telling me about this, and I was supposed to be in Fort Erie yesterday, which is why we took the day off. And I'm sitting around uh, talking to Spencer Sunday night, and I was like, wait a second, this is going to be at the Bell Tiff Lightbox Theater? They're like, yeah. I'm like, what? I just thought it was some small thing at some organ. You know, at the, I thought it was going to be at the shelter or something. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as I showed you, it was on a big screen and there was hundreds of people there and there was only three shows. It's a festival that's going on this entire week. But Spencer's movie kicked it off. And, um, and I just made the decision that it would be better as a father to be at my kid's thing than to be golfing at some tournament with a bunch of strange white men. So uh, I did that. And uh, I got to tell you, it was fantastic. You know, and there was a lot of uh, build-up, and there Spencer's um, faces on the magazine that's promoting the film, and I sat next to Charlie, and uh, you know, I sort of laughed at my, what I said to Charlie. So we you know because everything was all these people, and there was the big hoopla, and I said, "Well, now all that remains is for this thing not to suck," and and thankfully it didn't. But uh, you and I were talking about you know being parents at this age or in our or in our generation versus our parents. Well, that, like, and again, sort of the run-up to this thing, you didn't fully appreciate what it was. That's right. And I said, you know, that's a, I think that's one of the biggest problems all of us as parents make, is not fully appreciating along the way what certain things mean to our kids. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm sure my kids along the way thought, oh, I thought dad would be more interested or have more to say about this or been more involved in this. And again, it just sort of flies over your head and you don't even realize it. In retrospect, I guess you might regret it if you ever find out about it. And that's why it was a great call by you. Like, I mean, right up to the to the 11th hour, you were going to go to this. Oh, yeah. This golf tournament. So, you know what I mean? Just think if something hadn't been said or something hadn't happened for you to make that change your plans or change what you would have missed. And how maybe that would have impacted her. Do you think along the way she's thinking, why is it dad more into this? Uh, You know, I don't, you know, Spencer's funny because, you know, Spencer's involved in a lot of different things. And I'm involved with 
Spencer, you know, Spencer goes up and does stand up and I sit and work with them. You know, we go over her set. And and so there's a lot of stuff going on with Spenny. And but you're right. I didn't fully appreciate it. And when you say 11th hour, I, I got home uh, or Spencer got home Sunday night, like at 10 o'clock. And it was 10 o'clock at night. I'm sitting around my kitchen with my kid talking about. And, and it finally hit me that I didn't realize this was going to be at the Bell Tiff light box. Mm-hmm. I said, what? And then Spencer was saying, yeah, I'm going to be part of a panel after and everyone gets to ask questions. And I was like, huh? And then Charlie's going to be there. And, and also the fact that ex-wife Randy's out of town. And the fact that this tournament was really like it. And Spencer was funny because they're like, is this a qualifier for something? I went, no. And is it a provincial tournament? I went, no. And they sort of <laughs> left it hanging. I said, I know. I, I, I said, and so it was too far away for me to play in the tournament and come home. So I just stayed and uh, went to this thing. And I got to tell you, it was, it was really good. It was, I, I, I would have regretted missing what I saw last night. Sure. And what about this? Did she ever come out and say, Dad, I want you there? That's another thing, too, sometimes with kids. Eh? Maybe they, they're waiting for you to take the bait or whatever. Did she say, Dad, this is a big thing. I no. want you there that night. No, absolutely not. And, 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 and yeah. even Sunday night, they weren't trying to guilt me into it. Mm-hmm. We were just having a conversation about right. it. You know, and, and on the website, it's Spencer's picture. On the magazine, it's Spencer's picture. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was sitting well, waiting for the movie to start, there's a, a bunch of stuff on the screen. Spencer's picture comes up. So I was like, oh, <laughs> this, would, this would have been really bad to miss. And the actual film itself, uh, remember the theme is mental health. And one of the, so Spencer's film is all about insomnia. And it's sort of a dream sequence where this person's trying to go to sleep and all this stuff happens. Now, I got to tell you, when I said I was hoping it wouldn't suck, it was so good on so many levels and not just as their dad like spencer's been at this now for three or four years this isn't the first film they've made the crew was you know they had a few thousand dollars to spend but it looks like it was done for a lot more money like Mm -hmm. all the people that they bring in are all friends from the film industry the the producer works spencer's producing partner works in the movies so they all have actual skills so that's one of the things charlie and i were saying after it just didn't look like it was done by amateurs Mm -hmm. the way it was shot the way it was acted the way it was edited the music in it like i'm going to send you a a link you can see it you know it's a little bit there were some moments in it that were uncomfortable (laughs) as her father because there's some sequences that are a little bit racy but you know whatever Mm mm-hmm but yeah, it was one of those things. We, we had talked about this being guys our age. Like, I lived away from home from the time I was... I left Moose Jaw when I was 20. I lived away from home from the time I was 17. My parents, for giant chunks of time, I lived in Los Angeles. They had no idea where I was on any given week. You know, I lived in LA, but on any given week, I could be in Seattle or in Toronto or in Winnipeg or in whatever, and my parents had no idea where I was. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Parenting has changed, as I said to you before the show. I mean, I lived with my parents till I was 22 years old. Um, and I loved them dearly, and they loved me. But parenting was different then. Yeah. You were much more detached. You know, you, you just were. Things would happen that I wouldn't even dream of telling my parents that maybe my kids would or you expect 
would expect them to. And just the sensibilities and they're just different now. Um, so what I'm saying is maybe our generation can be excused the odd time for maybe overlooking or not noticing because that's the way it was when we were kids. It just was like, I, you know, it just it was different. Here's how old. Here's how, here's how old you and I are. Mm-hmm. I remember calling my mom and dad collect. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal to call. I couldn't afford it. I was living in L.A. and, you know, I didn't make a lot of money. And so if I wanted to talk to my parents, I would call collect. My daughters, because I'm not I don't I don't have an iPhone. Right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave White. I don't have an iPhone. I was on my way to getting an iPhone and Dave talked me out of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's a long story. So my parent, my parents, my kids and their mother know where each other are all the time. Right. Because just look down on their phone. They've got some kind of what is that thing, Dan? Where you look down on your phone, iPhone. Find my iPhone. Yeah, no. Where you? Oh, where you can? Will you have other people that you know where they, they can sort of know where they are on your iPhone? Well, it is find my iPhone, or there's a family. Uh, yeah, it's a family thing. Family kind of thing that you you do. And yeah, well, we have a thing called family chat, but you could do that with a. Oh no, I'm on a family too. chat on WhatsApp. I'm talking about okay. My kids can tell where their mom are, and vice versa. Oh, without talking or just just on, they look on their phone and they see where each other oh, are. Some kind of okay. mapping thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was telling uh, Freddie Dan that. Uh, I was glad not to miss Spencer's event last night because it was, I'll send you the link. It's ridiculous how good it was. Uh, the, the room that you painted, this was the film that they shot. Mm-hmm. And because all the people who worked on the film are people in the film industry, because all their friends and people that work as ADs and whatever and production assistants, they all they know did what they're it. doing. They, that's what I was saying. It just didn't look like it was done by a bunch of kids with a little camera. It was like just even the way it was edited. There's a scene where Spencer, who's the only person in the film, a few extras, is talking to themselves. And even that was shot like a professional. You know what I mean? Like it was just however that's I'd lo- done. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Oh, no. Send it's me crazy. The link. I will. I'll send it to you. Uh, anyhow. So well, maybe it's a good thing you're not on that thing, though. Where they can tell where you are all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Say, Why is Daddy a muse spot? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what, yeah. is, what is that? Is, is that another rub and tongue? <laughs> um, all right. You know, it, you know, it is handy, though, about the iPhone, is that you can, in different devices, like, uh, like I could text Fred from my computer right now, but I can't mm-hmm. text you. I have to go to my phone and do, you know, yeah. t- traditional SMS. It's no, I know. Fun. I know. It's terrible. Okay. And See, Apple just came out with a headset, eh? Yeah, I uh, saw that. that. Was announced yesterday. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the whole Android Apple thing, it's just my kids had the iPhone, so it was never really an issue. I never even really investigated. I, oh, for the longest time, didn't even know the difference. You know, I, I I thought every phone was an iPhone. I want to get back to that. I want to get back to that headset thing in a second. I was on my way. I think I this was how many years ago it was. I was going from a BlackBerry to a. I was going to get a new phone, a smartphone. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Dave, who is by far the most computer literate. He's unbelievable how smart the guy is in so many areas. And I said, Dave, what do you think? Should I get an iPhone? Or should I get an Android? And he gave me this whole spiel about he didn't think iPhones were up to whatever, and I should get an Android. 
And of course, since then, he's had a thousand iPhones. Mm-hmm. And every time, every time they come up with an upgrade or they come up and go, oh, yes. Oh, you're getting a new iPhone, are you? No Android for you, Dave. So I've been stuck in this Android, which, by the way, they're fine phones. But I'm the only person I know who has, well, I'm not the only one, but a, a few people, very few people I know have Androids. So here I am. Hey, before we get to Dan, maybe I should uh, talk about Arcadec. Do you think? Oh, I, I think, think it's well, very yes. important. Hang on a second. Yes, you should. Arcadec, a full-service turnkey building partner for their clients. A great system they have. It means they help to create the design right down to an exacting level of detail. You're part of this process. It's great. And then they make sure it gets built to your exact specifications, okay? Exactly. It's your backyard. should be done your way and done right. This makes it simpler. For any client, uh, they source the materials, they make sure it meets building code requirements, they prepare the construction plans, they apply for permits if they're needed, and they manage the job site. Professional, top to bottom, working with Architect ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right. Go to Architect.com or you can give them a call, 647-775-9222. That's Architect. Just got a note from our uh, producer, Toronto Mike. He has an Android and loves it. Thank you, Michael. There was a couple of uh, scheduling issues as well. Uh, All right, Dan, I know you're a very busy man, and I don't want to keep you any longer because, of course, you're very busy. Uh, So uh, now it's that time we all look forward to. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as fast for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low His voice is nice and low And that's why He's the anchorman from the movies That we all enjoy And here live from Lisa's place Anchorman Dan Duran Here's how AI can go horribly wrong. The U.S. Air Force is testing AI drones. Now, this story originally had a U.S. colonel saying that a drone killed its operator in a test. But as it turns out, he misspoke and it was more of a thought experiment. But here is the AI drone scenario. The AI drone gets points for killing a target. But an operator has the final say of whether it's allowed to kill it or not. So kill or no kill. If the drone gets too many no kills, it could interpret that the human is in the way of gaining points. So it kills the operator. So new programming comes in. And since it can't kill the operator anymore, it goes after the communications tower that communicates that command so it can kill and get the points. Our dystopian future as foretold by thousands of sci-fi authors, is about to pass. So this thing can like turn itself on. It, can, it comes back and kills or destroys the tower that's sending the signals. That's what the uh, that's what the thought experiment oh. was playing out, right? So originally it was like this actually happened, but it really didn't happen. It was apparently a thought experiment, and they were working on figuring out how to avoid. 
it you know going off the rails which, which it, you know just by that example could easily happen here's the thought experiment it, it all through here's yeah. the thought experiment for you okay, go, go ahead. fred and i are going to a an event tonight honoring the great may Potts. it's going to be at a uh, function filled with some radio people how quickly do we get offended or offend a fellow radio person <laughs> like what's what what's the scenario going to be well, who's the first person I'm going to go so what are you guys doing lately I get it you pivoted to uh, thought experiment thought experiment is all I could come up with I'm sorry <laughs> well I thought the AI thing was uh, Reno self-explanatory well okay. and I wanted to mention that we're going to uh, support our friend May tonight she's receiving the uh, Rosalie something what is it the, the award she's getting is there a, getting a Rosie Fred, like, Fred's turned his mic off. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well. Well, that's fine. Oh, that. Oh, how did I do that? I have I no muted, idea. I, I muted it by mistake. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the Rosalie Tremblay. Uh, Rosalie Tremblay Award. Uh, award for, you know, trailblazers and uh, uh, so broadcasters. We're going there because we're supportive, and uh, we're not sure about a couple things. We're not sure if there's food. Right. We don't know anything about the food. Did we find food. that out today? I, I don't know how, man. I am the how, well, man, but I don't know how, man. Maybe take a little pouch of food in case there's nothing. Like, why don't we take some almonds? <laughs> Just Slice of kielbasa and cheese. Mm-hmm. No, that's what we should do. We should take our own kielbasa and just fucking be not... <laughs> You should just wander around, not even slice, just a big fucking sausage, wandering around, and you bring it like this. Want a bite? <laughs> just anyway. breathe kibasa breath on all these people. <laughs> fucking doll hates it when I eat kibasa. Oh, I, I, you know, I love fried kibasa. I love it. Oh, howie, howie, you're talking my language. With, so, well, with some eggs, and yeah, hot peppers. So why don't we do that, Dan? We'll just uh, well. So what do you? What's your prediction? What is your prediction for our behavior tonight, Dan Durant? I think you guys will tastefully withdraw after about 10 or 15 minutes, and that'll be the limit. And you go like, well, okay, that's enough. Enough of this. No, we've got to stay. You mean? No, just to, to before you're like, okay, I'm done with this whole thing. I got to get out of here. That's what he means. No, we, we can't leave. We've got to go there and listen to May's speech about being honored. You know, it'll be good for us to see somebody that we know being honored in radio, because maybe one day it'll happen to us. <laughs> yeah. See how it's done. Howard, <laughs> we got to go in with this attitude. It's May's night. Yes. You wouldn't want to do anything no. to sully that. So No, exactly. Any potential conf- confrontation. <laughs> so what time does it start? Or mudslinging cannot take place. It's, well, they're con- you, you shake hands, you smile. Yeah, how exactly. are you? Nice to see you. Because it's all about May. It starts, uh, they're calling for a gathering at five, but Fred yeah. and, uh, and the festivities, Fred and I are showing up at six, because we're okay. only giving ourselves a half an hour before the actual event begins to get mm-hmm. into any kind of conflict with fellow radio people. <laughs> is May the only person being honored, or is there a, yeah, a, man. a slew? No, no okay. it's May. It's all about May, bro. It's all May? It's all about May, bro. That's amazing. Okay. I'm trying to work uh, bra into the, my conversation now with you. Bruh, thank you, bro. Yeah, I don't. No, just with Dan because it's like <laughs> he's fucking. He's like the opposite of bra. Hey, what's up, Dan Duran, bro? Um, so the, our biggest concern because I'm just being facetious. Of course, it's amazing. I'm not I'm going to be on my very bestest behavior. I'm just concerned about if Fred and I get hungry, what might come out if we're if we're because we can't we can't be hangry. 
We have to be fed. Yeah, I don't. What is the history of this? I don't like I could. Um, I have a few contacts that maybe I could ask. Yeah. Like maybe I got Liz Janik's number. I know she's like a big player in this whole thing. Maybe I can ask her, Liz, do they serve food at this thing? Can you Google, is there food at the Rosalie Trombley dinner? Well, let me try. Well, Dan Duran, uh, do you have a second story? Uh, well, Fred is Googling Rosalie, Rosalie Trombley dinner, food, whatever. Well, this story is just for you specifically. Thank cause, you. Because the Buttonville Airport is finally shutting down at the end of November. Wow. Long time federal, coming. Federal air traffic controllers have been pulled from the control tower. That happened a little while ago. And uh, now it's been left to the pilots on the ground to work out together and to navigate. Yeah, it's the, an uncontrolled airspace now. Yeah. So local residents feel that without the tower there that it's a little bit more dangerous, which, hey, this is an okay idea for rural areas, but not so much for a city. Uh, but that doesn't even matter because the uh, the airport's lease with Cadillac Fairview comes up at the end of November. It's a very valuable track of land. I so see. Bye-bye, Buttonville, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I flew out of there for a couple of years, and um, what Dan's talking about is it had a control tower. Uh, where I learned to fly is in Burlington, which in uncontrolled airspaces, uh, pilots report to one another their position as they're coming into another. And there's a whole set of, it's not like you can just kind of go, hey, I think I'm near the Walmart. You know, there's a whole fucking protocol into telling each other where you are. That being said, I've never flown into Buttonville when it wasn't controlled. And the reason that they have control there is because there's a lot of residents on either end of uh, all the runways. A lot of homes, a lot of uh, houses. Uh, that's been a long time coming, the, the end of that airport. And as you say, Dan, the, the real estate around it, it's got to be worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. I can't see them just as closing it and then just start building, you know, getting all whatever they have to do to get the infrastructure in place and then uh, put, put, put things up. I mean, it's just flat land, right? So Yeah, but what about uh, where, so all those planes and that end of the city being serviced, because that, that um, airport wasn't just small planes. It's small, bigger small planes. Like there's some, small, I don't know if jets flew in there, but, but you know, it, it was servicing something. Well, they have to come to Peterborough now. Maybe. There's also Oshawa has an airport out that way. Oh, that's right. They do have an airport. They've been talking about, for 50 years, they've been talking about putting one near Pickering or something, but that seems very oh, good yeah. anywhere. Uh, that's a hot potato. What, uh, any uh, information about the food at the dinner? No, I'm just composing an email now to Liz Janik, and I want to put it in, um, you know, a certain way that, you know, other, say, <laughs> Howard, you? And I have received, <laughs> Howard and I have received the honor of attending Maypaw's Trailblazer celebration tonight. <laughs> what do I say? This may seem like an odd question. No, you but, should say, uh, should we bring our own kielbasa and cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll say, yeah. Like, <laughs> Howard's going to sure stop exactly what salami. takes place here, but with this in... Will this involve food, or should we bring our own kielbasa and cheese? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Now you've got it. So, do you guys have a perception of whether it's like an it's like a stage, and then a bunch of chairs in front of the stage, or is this more like a stage with banquet tables around it? I would think. I would think. I would think. I don't know, man. If there's tables, then we're gonna have to sit with people, and that's a that's a hot potato itself. Hey, uh, speaking of food, if you were gonna look for some kielbasa, I would recommend Palma Pasta. Palma Pasta, of course, our title sponsor for email. I guess this week it'll be Thursday. 
Our email show, palmapasta.com, four locations, one in Oakville and three in Mississauga. And, of course, their signature store, Palma's Kitchen. And you can order online, if you like, palmapasta.com. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. Absolutely. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. You know, I've talked about how progressive they are, how they're always adding things, and, you know, and the whole mental health aspect since COVID has been huge, and they're right on top of it. They've introduced the Mental Health Navigator Program, expert guidance when you need it. The Mental Health Navigator Program offers guidance and navigation to members with a mental health condition seeking an expert opinion on an existing diagnosis or treatment. Okay, so they're right there. And then they have an app called My Strength. It's a multi-condition digital mental health offering that addresses both clinical and subclinical conditions like stress. My Strength's uh, evidence-based resources address 13 focus areas, including depression, stress, anxiety, and you can text with people in real time. Again, well done, Chambers Plan, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Okay, that'll wrap things up. I want to mention uh, tomorrow on this uh, program, uh, uh, Ronnie Marmo. You're making it sound exciting. Well, I'm bewildered. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure who that is, but I know that Toronto Mike. Uh, there's a reason that Ronnie Marmo is on our show tomorrow. Okay. Well, I could Ronnie Marmo. I could look it up. But well, um, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I don't have it. Oh, know. I know. Wait a minute. Oh, I know. Marmo. Kind of standard radio stuff, right? Well, this isn't radio, in case you have Well, I know, uh, but if you're promoting something, you generally speaking, you have that. I know who it is. There you go. Okay. Great. Who is it? Ronnie Marmo is a playwright and actor who um, is doing a uh, show. He is um, a one-man theatrical show called I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce. That's why we're having him on the show. Ah, okay. The uh, theatrical show that chronicles the life and death of the controversial stand-up comedian, Lenny Bruce. Do you know, I don't know if you know this about me, Dan. Well, you may remember, but when I was a kid, I used to love reading autobiographies. I read Bruce Lee and many others, Muhammad Ali, Arnold Palmer, and one of the biographies I read, this is like when I'm talking like, you know, early teens, was Lenny Bruce. And I was always fascinated with his life. And, of course, uh, Mrs. Maisel, that show on Prime, featured mm-hmm. Lenny Bruce, uh, prominently uh, played by a kid from uh, Hamilton. So that's why I said to Boone, hey, I mean, Toronto Mike, hey, this would be a cool thing to have on our show to talk about the life and times of Lenny Bruce, who basically kind of invented the modern stand-up comedy. Like the idea of not just going out there and telling one liners and he came out of that that era and started telling stories and talking. So that's why Ronnie Marmo is on the program. There was a movie about him as well, wasn't it? Yes. Starring uh, starring Dustin Hoffman. Oh, Dustin Hoffman. That's right. They're the same. They're interchangeable. So how's the uh, letter to uh, Liz going? Did you mention the kielbasa? No, I'm just getting to that part now. Oh, okay. Good. Hey, by the is way, this a, uh, is this go, an eating thing or just refreshments? Should we 
um, should we expect to eat there or bring? Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll yeah. figure it out. And then you should say, because the reason we need to know is because Howard and I, if, we, if we're if we not fed, we can be a bit unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the only guy who brings his own kielbasa. Mm-hmm. Dan, what were you going to say? Oh, you were talking about Marilyn Dennis earlier, and I just, well, yeah. I, just I, I uh, when I was, we were both working in Calgary together when she was there, right? And mm. I was, uh, I was the guy who produced the demo that got her the job at uh, Chum. I was, I sat down with her and demoed up. So, uh, what was the demo? You mean like a rate, like her? Yeah, yeah, you know, an on-air demo, however it was. Because she was doing traffic. When we all met her, she was the traffic person on the radio station in Calgary, was she not? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's why she would do, that's why she wanted to do a demo. You know how I met her? I've told this story a thousand times, I'll tell one more time. I met her because I met her roommate, and we got together, and I was kissing her roommate goodnight at the door, and Marilyn came up behind and said, excuse me, I'd like to get into my apartment. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, hello. Nice to meet you, Marilyn Dennis. Anyway, if I'd only sure been, what remember if, that. What if, what if I'd met Marilyn Dennis and then she and I would have married and we'd have had a life together and I could have soaked up some of those sweet millions of hers. <laughs> Could you imagine the children you would have had? The, the radio wizards. Oh, yeah. Or maybe two positives would have made a negative. And the kid wouldn't have wanted Maybe to. we should send uh, Marilyn a note saying, hey, congratulations on your 33 years on TV. And do you think we should bring our own food to this dinner? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think she's received. Oh, of course. She's probably received more than one. And I think Liz Janix received. Yeah, of course. Um, and I believe Maureen Bully received this award. Maybe if we're blazers. Maybe if we're there, and these are for women in broadcasting, but maybe if we're there and we show a good side of ourselves for a change and behave ourselves and don't spill food all over our shit, maybe, maybe the Trailblazer Committee will look at us and say, there's a couple of men that, you know, we could honor. Let's break the rules and next year give it to these guys. <laughs> give the female awards to right. these guys. Give the Trailblazers <laughs> award for women in broadcasting to Humble and Fred because they, you know, no one, no one else will. They're never going to win the guy. They're, they're never going to win the guy thing. <laughs> so fuck. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. You know. Uh, All right, Dan Duran. Uh, what do you say we get the hell out of here and uh, Let's go. we'll uh, see everybody uh, tomorrow. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Archidec Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto, helping you improve posture, relaxation, and decreasing your stress. We read all of our emails, and we've got the Thursday email show for the summer, Fridays normally. That's coming up, so Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out, so does writing a review and giving us all the hearts and stars you can. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, this is the dawning of the age of apocalypse, so enjoy every goddamn day. Microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?